This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you'll receive this pre-selected Book of the Month, entering into God's rest for you. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click on the banner at the top to receive your gift. Today on Live Your Faith. God is merciful. He will keep the door open a long time. He is long suffering. But there is a point when he says that's that. Amen. They missed the opportunity Jesus told us as we read earlier in this study that these were secrets. Hi, I'm Keith Butler. Welcome to Live Your Faith Broadcast. This broadcast is about your getting the Word of God in a way you can understand it and use it in your daily life. Romans 1.16 says the Word of God is the power of God to all deliverance. So let's go to the Word and let's walk in deliverance in Jesus' name. I've been ministering, praise God, on the parables taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are continuing on that theme. We're teaching on the parables of Jesus and we're going to teach on the parables of Jesus. But we started out, praise God, with uh, the most important parable of all. Uh, and the most important parable of all, praise God, is the parable of the sower, which is found in the 13th chapter of Matthew, found in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, praise God. And then also found in Luke chapter 8. Reason why we say it's the most important of all is because of what Jesus said about it. Jesus said in Mark 4, 13, he said, don't you know this parable? How then will you know all of them? In other words, it's the basis, praise God. That's why we studied with the par- started with the parable of the sower. We will finish the parable of the sower today. But that's why we started with it, praise God, and walked through it, amen, because Jesus said it's the basis for all others. Now, our text today, particularly, however, is found in a, a uh, verse you don't normally consider people wouldn't, anything attached to the parable of the sower. But it's beginning with verse 17, very well known to all of us. It says, so then, faith cometh by hearing. We know you don't start a conversation with so then. So we know that the, the properly, if we were taking the time, we would go back and go back to verse 1. And we would hear him talk about the word of God and the word of God of Israel, how to be saved, so and so on. And then he began to finish up here with it. Uh, so then with my argument. So then faith. And of course, the Greek word for faith is pistis. Our trust, our confidence, our belief, our reliance, assurance, all of that. So then faith come up by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. And the Greek word there for word is rhema, spoken word. Hallelujah. Now, we're all familiar with this verse, but I believe the Lord's going to share some things with you about it, maybe just a tad deeper than you saw it. But amen. Now, we asked a question earlier on in this study, why in the world would Jesus even teach people in parables? I mean, a parable is a short story intended to illustrate a point, but I will tell you that the parable, or a parable can also be a riddle that can be very difficult for you to ascertain or understand. But why do that? Amen. See, Jesus did not always teach in parables. He only did that after a sustained period of time. He used to teach everybody in plain speech. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? There was no parable. He taught them all those things, praise God, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, which is three chapters, all one sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And turn to Matthew chapter 4. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, we read over in verse 23, praise God. It says here, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their where? Synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. This is well before Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is when he first starts teaching in parables. Amen. So he's in their synagogues. He's on the mountaintop. He's teaching them in plain speech. He's teaching them in the synagogue. Uh, turn to Mark chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, we take a look here. Verse 38. It says over there, and he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. In other words, Jesus, praise the Lord, preached in all their cities. He preached in their synagogues. He preached in the mountaintops. He preached in the field. And you got to remember, Jesus had a three-year ministry whereby he walked all over Israel, which is not a very big place. And he walked all over Israel from the north to central to southern Israel. He walked in their cities and their towns, preaching their synagogues. He went everywhere and he taught them the word plainly in plain speech. But then when we get to Matthew, the 13th chapter, a change happens. Jesus has decided no more. He is not going to teach them in plain speech anymore. Turn to Luke chapter 7. Thank you, Jesus. And so after three years of ministry, multitudes and multitudes following him up and down the nation of Israel, everywhere he went, multitudes and multitudes of people hearing Jesus teach plainly on all, all sorts of things. Praise God. We get to Luke chapter seven and, and let's, uh, let's pick up here. Oh, I guess, oh, uh, verse nine. Of course, this is about a centurion. This centurion is a Gentile, but he's a Gentile who loves the children of Israel. Amen. Verse 5 said, he loved our nation. He built us a synagogue. And then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I'm not worthy that thou should have entered to my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto you, but say in the word, and my servant shall be healed. He had a sick servant. Note what the centurion says. He said, I don't need you to come down to my house. In fact, when I was in Israel taking a tour one year, taking one of the tour groups there, uh, one of the uh, people there told me this was almost a 20-mile walk. He said, you don't have to come here. 
Just speak the word only. That's enough for me. He says in Matthew's account of this. He says in verse 8, For I am also in a man set under authority, having unto me soldiers. I say to one, go, and he goeth. To another, come, he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him. And watch this. I say unto you, I have not found so great faith anywhere in the nation of Israel. Wow. Do you realize what he said? He said, I've been spending these last several years, I've been in all your synagogues. I've been preaching on the mountaintops. I've been in the valleys. I've been ministering, praise God, to your Pharisees and Sadducees and everybody else. I haven't found one person in the nation of Israel who has faith like this man. Yet, we read Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the problem wasn't that there wasn't words spoken. But for some reason, there's no connection between the word that came out of Jesus' mouth and faith manifested to the people of Israel. Amen. Why is that? The reason why is because they didn't receive it. Now go back to Romans chapter 10 again. Let's look at that a little bit more closely. Praise God. Romans chapter 10, let's look at that verse 17 again. So then pistons or faith, trust, confidence, belief, come up by hearing. Now we know the New Testament is translated from the Greek. The Greek word for hearing is axkos. Akko means to give audience to. So faith comes by hearing Faith comes by hearing and hearing. That's not how you would say that. You're just writing it. You, would, you wouldn't write, go, faith comes by hearing and hearing. You would say faith came by hearing. The and tells you something that you need to stop and pay some attention to. Are you listening to me? Praise God. It means to give audience and hearing. But there are two hearings. The first hearing is you hear with your physical ears. But the second hearing is that you hear with your heart. Hallelujah. So your natural ears hear it, but that's not enough for your natural ears to hear it. The question is also, does your heart hear it? Now, turn to Matthew 13, since we know this parable of the sower, since I've taught on it. Hallelujah. Let's go back and let's remind ourselves of what Jesus told us about these folks. Matthew chapter 13. Now remember now, it's not till now. In verse 1 of Matthew 13, this is when Jesus first begins to teach parables. For 12 chapters, he's been speaking plainly. Now here in verse 15, he begins to tell you why. For this people's heart is waxed hard. Their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes, they have closed. Last at any time. 
they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should me, which means consider. Amen. Consider, praise God, consider with their heart and should be changed and I will heal them. He said anytime I want to heal them and at any time they can access that healing. Problem is, they want to see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. They don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear what I got to say, but they do want what I offer. So, I mean, they, they, their dead's getting raised. Their bodies are getting healed. Miraculous things causing them to be fed supernaturally. I mean, some good things is happening to them, and that's why they're here. They don't want me. They want what I provide. Are you listening to me? Then turn to Luke chapter 8. I wonder how many people would, would meet that same test. Luke chapter 8, and then we'll read it here. And really what we're talking about here today, we're talking about Amen. Good ground. Who we're actually talking about. So we talked about those by the side of, remember, the word of God came to four different classes of people. Okay, the first one heard the word, say he didn't have to do anything. Reason why, because he just didn't receive it. So nothing for him to do. Then there was those who are the seed of the word, because it said the word's the seed. And it fell among stones. It said when they heard the word, they shouted and danced. Oh, the word was good. Hallelujah. Amen. They were happy and glad about it. But when affliction, pressure by circumstance or persecution, circumstantials negatively brought against you with people being utilized. Uh, amen. Came against them and said, because of the word's sake, immediately they became scandalism. They became offended, backed up, quit. Amen. Got tempted to sin, a whole bunch of stuff. Amen. Then you had those who were among thorns. The Bible says the seed of the word, you might remember. Uh, amen. And those among thorns, Satan's, Satan's attack for them was, was by cares of this world. Yes. Amen. Distractions. Deceitfulness of riches. Not riches being deceived by them. Lust of other things. All this other stuff that's as important or more important than God. Entering in, choked the crowd, crowded out the word and become unfruitful. But then it was a fourth group. And they, among good ground, heard the word. In fact, let's begin reading here with verse 15. Praise God. But they that are on good ground, are they in an honest heart? Kalus, the Greek word, a well and worthy, better and best heart. God, amen. Hallelujah. Again, notice what we're talking about. Those in an honest and good Heart, 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 having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now the word keep, kateko in the Greek, means they hold fast to it. They retain it. They possess it. They seize it. They take it, they constantly meditate it, and they practice it. 
See, all those are the elements of good ground. Uh, uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 5. I'll show, show you another way from that. Give me five more hallelujahs. Family, five. Yeah, now my juices are starting to flow now. Bless the Lord. I got some, I got eight hallelujahs today already. Glory to God. Now, Hebrews chapter 5. Notice what he says here in verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles, the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful, which means doesn't have any experience in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But strong meat or mature meat belong to them that are of full age or maturity, even those by reason of use. Now the word here use, praise God, that Greek word means habitually. They all the time are practicing this. By reason of use, have their senses, even their physical body, to a place was exercised to be able to discern good from evil. In other words, because they have heard it, received it, believed it, spoke it, and then acted, practice it, meditate it, praise God, hallelujah, stick with it. They come to a place that even Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2 happens and 12, 3. Romans 12, 1 says uh, that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. We're to glorify God. That's our reasonable service. Verse 2 tells us don't be conformed by the world's thinking, but let our thinking be changed with the renewing or renovation of our mind that we may, verse 3, allow what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God to be done. God's will doesn't get done without one and two. First, got to do something actually with the mind first. Hallelujah. Practicing it will help you with your body. You can keep the body in line. But there is a fight, but you can use the word of God, which is strong enough. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when you go back to that, then, when we go back to Matthew 13, we begin then to really understand why Jesus spoke parables to these people after speaking plainly to these people for so long. Amen. The reason why they didn't qualify for the words revelation. See, the qualified, see, the, the reason why he spoke in parables was to protect, which Paul would talk about later, Romans 10, 17. See, faith only comes by hearing and receiving and hearing by the word of God. See, so he's just doing the principle, and Paul's going to talk about the principle later in Romans 10, but that's God's principle. See, trust and confidence, belief, assurance, all that in God only comes from not only do you hear the word with your physical ear, but then you make a decision, you open up your heart, which is why there's five elements of faith. See, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, Romans 10.10. 10. Right? So, praise God, these people didn't qualify because their heart wasn't there. Their physical ears were there. So, you can be listening to me around the world, as people are. 
You can be in, you can be in this altar I'm here and you can physically hear the word with your ears and it doesn't necessarily mean squat diddly. Doesn't mean that you, you went an inch forward. Because unless you decide to engage your heart in it, which will require hearing, receiving, heart decision to believe, which will be followed by words out your mouth and actions, praise God, then you don't meet the and hearing part. Now, praise God. So guess what? That Matthew 13, 15, that group we read a minute ago, uh, amen. God, he, Jesus said, I would heal them. He said, praise God, they, sh they don't want to see, hear, or believe anything, what I'm telling you. Guess what? They missed the opportunity to receive what was available fully in the kingdom of God. And you need to understand this is God's way of thinking. There is a time where the door closes. God is merciful. He will keep the door open a long time. He is long suffering. But there is a point when he says that's that. Amen. They missed the opportunity Jesus told us as we read earlier in this study that these were secrets that the prophets before them wanted to learn, wanted to hear, and they had an opportunity to get it and they're going to miss that opportunity because their heart was not there. Now, in addition to this, when we talked about those four different classes of people, there's another class of people that's out there. And that other class of people that's out there is people who haven't even heard the word at all. People who have not been exposed to the word have no chance. Now turn to Matthew 28. And this is why Jesus, what I just said, this is why Jesus is going to say to any follower of his. Do I have any followers of Jesus in here? Praise God. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you can really understand why this parable was first. This parable is about the word of God. Remember Romans 1.16 says, the word of God is the power of God unto all deliverance to the Jew first also to the Greek. So in Matthew 28, Verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto his disciples, saying, All exousia, or zousia, it's, the, it's translated power in King James, and amen. It's the word exousia, which means authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach or make disciples or followers of all ethnos, the word nations, all people, regardless of their race, Baptize them in the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe. The word observe here means to guard from loss all the things which I have commanded you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen, so be it. In other words, he told his disciples, you are assigned 
to make sure that every person at least has a chance. This is not a suggestion. This is a commandment to every Christian. Turn to Mark 16. Thank you, Jesus. Too many pulpits today across America, at least in America, I know. Amen. There's not a lot of word being taught anymore. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff on self-improvement and other stuff, but not a lot of word. 2 Timothy 2.15, I believe it is, or see the 2 or 3.15, says that the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for rebuke, for instructions in righteousness. In other words, the, the word of God should make you go up sometime. It should make you look at yourself and and, and it should straighten you out. It ain't all about everything just good and hunky-dory. The Word of God sometimes will kick you right in the teeth. And if you are a person of faith, you go, yes, Lord. I heard, I receive. I believe it, I take it. I change and I live by it. Or you can do what the first group was, to see by the side of the road, you can get mad at the word. Typically what happens with that is that they get mad at the vehicle delivering the word. They get mad at the preacher. You need the Lord Jesus into your life and you say, how can I receive him? It's very easy. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you will acknowledge him with your mouth, believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved asked him to come into your life right now. Tell him you believe he's alive and well. He will come into your life and save you and you'll never be the same. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift with a donation of any size you'll receive this pre-selected book of the month entering into God's rest for you. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click on the banner at the top to receive your gift. Well, praise God, we're taking the Word of God to Western and Southern Europe and other parts of the world. God wants everyone to hear the Word. You know, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, teach all nations. Then it goes on, praise God, Teach them to observe what God from lost, all the things that Jesus taught them. So I want you to know when you support Keith Butler Ministries, you have a chance for the gospel to go just beyond your neighborhood, teach people around the world. We want to thank you for your prayers and your support, and always remember, fight the good fight of faith.